Coming to you from beyond the grave of the E.T. games in the desert, it's the This Game Where Halloween Spectacular with me, Chris, and... Yeah, I know you did. Do you want to do yeah, it again? Yeah, I a trick there. Not doing that. Because okay. last week I called it The Spectacular and I dropped that, which was a bit, bit remiss of me. Yeah. Coming to you from beyond the grave of the E.T. games buried in the desert, it's the This Game Where Halloween Spooktacular with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley! That was a really rubbish ghosty thing. You're even doing the wiggling hands for the benefit of people who will I did wiggling hands, yeah. Um, you know. And I'm wearing a sheet. Yeah, you are. How did you not notice that? And you've got exoplasm dripping everywhere. Yeah. Exoplasm. Yeah. And I've got, I've got nothing, because uh, I don't... Just don't go for a lot of fancy dress nonsense. Just shit on your wall. Not a fan. Yeah, just shit on the wall. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Actual, genuine, real shit. Human feces on his wall. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Anyone that this is your first episode, uh, there is genuine poo poo on Christopher's wall. I'm not explaining why. It's in a different episode. It's previous episode. You can go and find out if you want. My microscopic amounts. Infinitesimal no, amounts. No, hang on. You, you said that it was a few spots. Yeah, but like... And now you're trying... Yes, a few You're trying spots. to minimise it. Like, you were dead proud of it the first time you told me. Yeah, I am proud. I'm just trying to, you know, give give the context, get the facts. Yeah, all right. Right, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? That <laughs> took me by surprise there. <laughs> fine, thank you. I suppose it's quite apt, um, isn't it, for Halloween, making me jump. How are you? I'm a bit worse now. Halloween, <laughs> yeah, I know. Halloween-wise, we haven't made note to people on mic of our weird ghostly antics of late, have we? No, that's true. But we, I don't know, has anybody heard anything weird going on in our podcast? Genuine, I'm not even like making it up for Halloween. We are aware this does make it sound like a pair of kooks, but carry on. Yeah, I don't believe in ghosts. However, uh, episode 36, no, yeah, episode 36 there was a weird moment where someone whispers no, and Chris's wife insists that it's Chris, but it's while Chris is talking, so I don't really know how or why he would have done that. And then in episode 37, our last episode, we had this weird panting noise. I think it was about 26 or 27 minutes in. A weird panting noise, again, while Chris was talking. All happening on Chris's end, by the way, not mine. At another point, did I whisper the word no or pant like a dog? To my knowledge. No. No. So... It's weird. Go go have a listen. Tell us what you think's going on. I'm really hoping the house isn't haunted because if it is, um, we're going to have to move. End of that. Well, your daughter did see something at the top of the stairs you told me a few weeks or yeah, months ago now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we were sat playing on the computer and uh, she looked over over her shoulder and said that she thought she'd see a mummy in the corridor, but it was just a figure in, in black. I was like, cool, that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> Grim. Yeah. It's a bit scary. I, that would freak me out. So... Obviously, we're going for a Halloween episode. I was thinking about Halloween games, and I managed to come up with quite a few. Yeah, go on. So, on. starting with the list nice and early. No, I was just wondering if you could, if there was any that you thought of that I maybe didn't. So, mm. I thought of Zombies Ate My Neighbours, which you mentioned at the end of last week's episode. There's yep. been quite a few games based on Ghostbusters, and also today they announced some uh, costumes for Fortnite that's Ghostbusters. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> Decap Attack. Did you ever play that? Mm, I don't know that game. It's no. a platform of the Mega Drive where uh, there was like a, a Frankenstein's monster and there was a mummy and it was like it was a platform with three characters and you could switch between them about the, the Lost Vikings sort of style of gameplay. Um, oh, okay. Obviously Luigi's Mansion, Medieval, which you mentioned also at the end of last week's episode. And I've, I've spotted on the eShop this week, Pumpkin Jack. Do you know anything about this game? No, I have noticed that as well. Well, I, I watched the video of Pumpkin Jack and it essentially looks like Medieval 3 and it looks really good. Really? Yeah. Well, they've just redone Medieval, haven't they? Yeah. Remastered Medieval. There's obviously Splatterhouse, Mega Drive, mm-hmm. classic. Um... There's Grab by the Ghoulies, which you mentioned. Oh yeah, Ghosts and Goblins, week. Ghouls and Goblins, Forty Winks, Resident Evil. Oh yeah, I've got Silent Resident. Hill. Yeah, the horror genre is massive. Yeah, Project Zero is one of the scariest games I ever played. Did I tell you about Project Zero? No. When we played that. So I had it on the PlayStation 2. It's known as Fatal Frame, I think, in America or something. But here it's Project Zero. And it's Project Zero 2 was the game that made me swear off playing horror games. It's based in this abandoned village. And there are these two twins that are the protagonists, I think. Uh, It was a long time ago that I played this. And you go to this abandoned uh, village armed with this camera that can capture ghosts, capture the souls of of the dead. Oh, I remember reading about this one. 
Then it came out. They used to about that, and well, it I, I thought at that point. Me right as out. I'm thinking now, I'm no straight away. Yeah, bang not out. for me. Yeah, not for me. I knew it wasn't for me then, but I I tried it. Hannah was with me at the time, and this is this is ages ago when we were still at college, and uh, we were playing it. We were probably about 40, 50 minutes in, and we were at the point where you were catch trying to catch ghosts, and I can't remember what happened, but something happened on screen that made me freak out, and then we sort of settled down, settled down. And then a big pile of coins that was on the desk next to the television, Mm. nowhere near any of us, we were on the other side of the room, fell down. Like it was a pile of coins, but no one was anywhere near it. The noise, there was no noise to like make vibrations. And this pile of coins just, just scattered all over the room. And we freaked out, turned it off, never played it again. Yeah, I think I'd have joined on that. And I'm afraid I would have burned the game. I'd have probably burned my house down and moved as well. I'm getting the impression then that this game that we're going to be playing today is not a full-on horror thing. If it is, then we're going to have to cancel the podcast. No, I've tried to strike a balance between horror and another genre. uh, So like a comedic approach, a bit like Luigi's Mansion, I guess. So as is tradition with our podcast, each week one of us brings a game for the other to play. This week it's my turn. So it's this game where it had a working title of Lawn of the Dead. It has an amazing... Oh, right. Okay. I know what this is. It has an amazing soundtrack and you defend against zombies using vegetation. Do you actually get it from the Lawn of the Dead bit? Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. Plants vs. Zombies. Yes. Yeah, I was freaking out then because I was thinking, I've just come in really confidently saying I know what it is. And then if you tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) So Plants vs. Zombies is a really interesting game. This is one of the games that, one of a handful of games that launched PopCap from being a casual, a full-on casual to to, to actually like quite a major player. Well, I was reading an article from Kotaku, which was released in July this year, and I just wanted to read it early just to refresh my memory. And it was a really in-depth article into the history of PopCap. PopCap had sort of been going around in circles a bit, and then they released Bejeweled, yeah, which catapulted them somewhat. And then after, yeah, but it, they never they were still casual. Yes, exactly. Mm. And then after Bejeweled, they then went into doing Plants vs Zombies, which was quite a, a left field choice. Oh no, surely not. What so they they released Bejeweled and then immediately went into going trying mm. to do Plants vs Zombies. Yeah, they were developing Plants vs Zombies after Bejeweled from the moment. Well, that's ages. So, well, this this game came out in May 2009. Yeah. When did Bejeweled come down then? I remember playing Bejeweled in, like, 2001. Oh, okay. Maybe it wasn't quite that uh, short turnaround then, surely. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Bejeweled is one of those games. Bejeweled is a full, uh, you know, like it's a... a row game. It's a proper, yeah. yeah. So it's a... People know Candy Crush. It's mm. it's sort of like Candy Crush and matching jewels instead of candies. But Bejeweled, I think, Kotaku at one point, it might have even been the same article, sort of ex- described Bejeweled as like a mum's game. So <laughs> it was the sort of game that got mums onto a PC where they'd just looked at whatever weird stuff was going on yeah. when their kids were playing it or when their, even when their husbands were playing it. Bejeweled was a mums game. It was for the mums. And firmly, very firmly rooted in casual games. And after Plants vs. Zombies, which did very, very well, they then got taken over by EA. And the yes. employees that they interviewed for the article were quite sour about that. Mm. As they would have been at that point in time. I mean, people still don't really have that great a view of EA as a company and the ethics of their mm-hmm. um game making their development or their business practices but frankly in 2008-2009 it was at its peak the anti-EA hysteria if you want to call it hysteria they'd just come out of Spore I think Spore was like 2007 or 2006 and that really kicked people in the nuts people hated what happened with Spore was Spore the one where you had to have a EA account or something to play it no no it was they limited the number of times you could install the game so it started off this is one of those stories that i i actually bought spore day and date and quite enjoyed spore it wasn't what i was hoping it was going to be but quite enjoyed it but beforehand before it released there was a big old like call for boycott because ea announced that they were going to limit the number of times you could install the game off the disc right and it was something really low like three or five or something like that and what was the times. purpose of that then to try and control people lending the game over and then crack uh, it okay. pe- installing it and cracking their installation or whatever it was a it was a form of drm sure if you bought it, you can do what you want with it i mean yes and no but you don't the the big old thing with games is that they have always argued or tried to argue that you're not buying the game you're buying a license to play the game and that's where content i mean there's lots of contention around drm and what companies should or shouldn't do to protect their rights you know it's not ideal people shouldn't really lend their mate a game for them to then track it so that 
you know you can both play at the same time right if you like a company if you like a game then you know ideally you should support the game and its development and the team that developed it but there are ways and means there are ways to go about it and ea tended to take some quite well they they took divisive decisions they made divisive decisions that was one of them we're spending a long time talking about ea i apologize but yeah lots of hate for ea from lots of different avenues some of it warranted some of it unwarranted buying popcap wouldn't have gone down very well i like them for the yellow cartridges i want that on record and we talked about in rolls the rescue the mega drive Mm. stuff yeah there you go just for that so do you remember anything about the soundtrack to the game before i talk about the game itself no i i don't really know i the visuals are what i remember they were nice they were popcap-esque Like really nice um, sort colourful. of a, a step above the casual stuff. So the, the soundtrack, the the main theme tune, I guess you call it that, is called "Zombies on Your Lawn," and it's this really jolly, yeah. jaunty song. It's still on YouTube, and it is a really nice uh, song. So I'll just talk through the game itself then. If uh, if, yeah. if people aren't familiar with Plants vs Zombies, it's a tower defense game. So that genre is would you call it puzzle? real-time strategy it's sort of a mixture of the two isn't it yeah it's um yeah I, yeah i think so it, it's a strange it's maybe not real-time strategy in so much as you get a chance between rounds uh, waves of, of something it's his own it's his own genre yeah, it is uh, but it's got it's got similarities to real-time strategy um and it's got some puzzle elements to it as well because if you don't put down the right yeah. tracks, then you're going to end up being overwhelmed by zombies so tower defense games are essentially where you're defending something which i'm assuming the the genre is so called because Mm. the first game would have been a tower and you're there are waves approaching said thing protecting and you've got to stop them by placing defense i might be wrong but i think that the first tower defense was something about balloons so that's exactly what i was going to talk about so i got into this game because i was hooked on a flash game called balloons tower defense that i used to play at work quite started. i don't know if you remember that no i don't remember you playing that. i remember somebody else yeah playing. i was absolutely um, loved it and a colleague said oh you really like that tower defense game why don't you try plants for zombies and i watched him play it a bit and i thought well actually that's really good and i downloaded it and i was absolutely hooked by it i thought it was brilliant yeah understandably because if you if you see this game it, it's just got a really nice art style mm. and uh, i can imagine most people sort of seeing it for the first time and going yeah i fancy a bit of that it's very accessible yeah i think it is but that's where they're the pop background do you mean visually or do you mean no the, the gameplay it's very easy to get yeah, into. everything's very accessible um and that's where that's because of popcaps caliber mm. as a as a casual game and I, I keep saying that i'm not trying to make some disparaging remark no, a, a no. disparaging point about casual games some of my best friends are casual <laughs> games they did did you ever play bookworm no not at all so Bookworm was one of my favourite games. I'm sure that was a popcap game. Basically, that was a game where you had a grid of letters and you had to make words out of the letters. And that was it. That really was it. But I'm sure that was popcap. It's like a like a crossword, but then the letters aren't necessarily next to each other. Yeah, you've never played Bookworm. No, not at all. I'll show you Bookworm in the in the break, as well as playing a bit of Plants vs. Zombies. Definitely. So the gameplay is you've got a multitude of different plants. I didn't find how many plants, and each plant has got specific either offence or defence ability. Depending on what zombies are on the level you're on, dictates which plants would be better suited for that level. That's sort of the game in a nutshell, but you've got nuances within that. So the first set of levels are all set during the day, so you have to plant sunflowers because the sunflowers generate sun, which are sort of your currency to enable you to build, buy, grow plants. Mm. The more sunflowers you have, the more sun you'll produce. Therefore, the greater number of plants you'll be able to plant and the better your offensive and defensive abilities. But one thing I really like about the game is how that's the the core gameplay there. Each Mm. set of 10 levels is set in like a bit of a twist on that. And we talked a few times, like Crackout last week, we talked about taking the core gameplay and and twisting it up. And that's one thing I remember really enjoying about this game. So do you remember any of the other like twists on that at all? No, no, not really. So you had the... I haven't played this game since for for literally about 10 years, since we were at work. So I looked, um, so I've installed it this evening. Um, I last played it in July 2012, so eight and a half practically years ago, which is a long time. Yeah. So the the first 10 levels are in the yard with the sun that I've talked about. Then the next 10 are set at night. So obviously nighttime, there's no sun. So you have to get around that and how to create some. Mm. Um, In the sequel, they had mushrooms that generated sun instead yes and I, don't, I can't yeah. remember if it's the same in the first one or not then you've then got the third set of 10 levels is in the backyard and there's a, a stretch of pool so 
in this set, you have to plant lily pads, which you can then yes, put I do remember onto that. the lily pads. Mm. So obviously the lily pads cost money as well. So It takes extra effort and yeah, cost. So, yeah. Not cost money, it costs extra sun. Then you've then got the fourth set is the backyard at night. So it's taking the third yep. and second worlds and putting them together. And then the last one is set on the roof of the house, which is at an angle. So you have to, and again, twisting up the gameplay, you've there's no soil on the roof. So you have to put plant pots down mm-hmm. to plant the plants in. Yeah. And because of the roof being at an angle, you have to use plants that can lob because they're firing sort of up and across diagonally as opposed to going across horizontally. So this is where you think right. like cabbage pulled and the sweet corn that I can't remember the name uh, of the sweet corn plant because they they lob upwards while you were just describing that I was trying to think whether I actually finished this game and I don't think I really? did because I, I remember having to plant plant pots but I don't remember okay. being on the roof or the roof being pitched right so m- maybe I didn't finish this but that's fine that's fine don't don't have a go at me I'm not I'm not, not twisting your melon man stop having a go at me good are there melons uh, there are melons in Plants for Zombies 2 I honestly can't remember about Plants for Zombies 1 there are then loads of mini games as well. So there's like bowling where you're bowling walnuts, which are like the the coconut things that you plant as uh, as basically mm. armor. There's vase breaker levels where did you just say? Did you call it a walnut and then refer to it as a coconut type thing as opposed to a walnut? <laughs> I was thinking it was like coconut as opposed to a walnut. <laughs> and, okay, and, well fine. I think the clues in the name. I'm there. aware that it's called a walnut, and but that's because of the, the punnery of the the title. Lots of yeah, yeah, but they're not gonna they're not gonna call it a walnut and then make it a coconut, are Might they? Do. It's a wall. It's a walnut. Well, when we play the game, de- you tell me which one it looks more like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's called a walnut. Well, <laughs> literally, I think it's coconut soda. You've then got vase break levels. See what I got to work with here. <laughs> and I really liked uh, those levels called I Zombie, which where you played as the zombies, and I I really liked those levels. Yeah, I was going to say there was. I I thought that there was a a spin. Yeah. A twist on yeah. it like that as well. There were different types of zombies as well, weren't there? And one of the zombies that I remember was a Michael Jackson zombie to tie it into our latest Sonic episode. Yeah, that is correct. But it got taken out because they got... Did it Yeah, really? they got a good old lawsuit from, from MJ. Really? From his estate. The zombie... The, the Michael... So we played it. We played it. We must have played it before it was taken yeah, out. Yeah, so... At what point was it taken out? Um, I didn't find that out. Actually, that would have been a good thing to, to have looked ah. into. So... It was in there for long enough. Yeah, it was. So initially, the zombies that appear and they do the thriller dance. Yeah, and then some more zombies pop up out of the ground. But it then got replaced by a, a generic disco dancing zombie, just basically just reskinned it, and the zombie had the same ability. But yeah, it. Yeah, actually, now that you say that, I I think I remember the disco dancing zombie from the sequel. Mm. I must remember that from the sequel, and it's definitely not in the original game. What the Michael Jackson zombie? They've patched it out of that. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I remember mm-hmm. it being patched. I remember that happening. So I might have somewhere in, in the deepest, darkest depths of my hard drives a oh. an original version of Popcat Games. All right. Plants vs. Zombies, which might have it in. Okay. Which would be interesting. There are also a wide range of zombies that have their own abilities too. So there's ones that just shuffle. So from the right-hand side of the screen, going to the left to where your, your house is. But then you've got ones that have got balloons tied to them. So they, they float yep. above the zombie. And they float above diggers. your plants. Yes, diggers. There's ones that there's have a bucket the basket, on their head. Uh, the, ba- the football zombies, the big uh, American football zombies. They charge into you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the buckets bucket. on the head. Yeah, which give them much more HP, I guess. And then traffic cones. Yeah, well, it, it was, so it's generic zombie, and then traffic cone is like twice as strong. And then the yeah. bucket head was three times as strong. I always thought that was right. a reference to the guitarist, the bucket head. Do you know bucket head? Um, no, I don't think so. What so is some, bucket head? So some guy who played with Guns N' Roses and his, his shtick is wearing a KFC bucket on his head. Okay, fine, that's fine. Yeah. He's fine. That's He's okay. fine. It's all fine. He's it's fine. He's over there doing his thing. You're over there doing yeah. your thing. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more to I'm say fine. about that. It's fine. Yeah. The game has got excellent reviews. It's got 88% on game ranking. Mm. On the iOS, it sold 300,000 copies in the first nine days, which was extremely... 300,000. Mm. Oh, so that's the, other, that's the other facet of this, isn't it? Because the iOS will have only been around... Sorry, not iOS. The um, Apple Store or whatever will only have only just have been around this this presumably mm. was one of the earliest games on an iphone yeah i think that's why during my research that was something that was that was remarked upon was because it was one of the first few to have been ported to the apple store and they mm. weren't really sure how well it's going to sell, sell and then it sold really well it was yeah. also ported to the ps3 360 android and 
DS, and the DS version is apparently not very good. Right, okay. That's just because of squeezing onto a small screen, it just did not port very well. Yeah, I suppose so. The, the space-wise, it would be difficult. So I would have expected the DS version to be the most like the PC version with a mouse and whatnot because mm-hmm. you've got the pointer. So doing it on the PlayStation 3 or, or any other console that just has the, has the uh, pad... I can see there being difficulties with that, yeah. whereas the DS would have got over those difficulties. So, yeah, bit of a surprise that it didn't go better. No, I think it was the, the ugliness side of it brought it down. Mm. The last thing, because I think that's kind of the game summary, the last thing I want to talk about before we start playing the game itself was an anecdote about the Lawn of the Dead side of it. So as they were developing it, they gave it the code name Lawn of the Dead, and then someone pointed out, well, maybe we should ask George Romero if this is okay. Ah, and he so, gave them a big fat slapdown. Well, they filmed, or one of them certainly, filmed a video where they dressed as a zombie and did this whole thing and sent it off to him and then just got a generic no back. Yeah. So they had to rename it to Plants vs. Zombies. And then, during this Kotaku article, I found this anecdote, which I felt was a bit petty personally, where they wanted to do, when it was like one of the many Dawn of the Dead sequels, they wanted to do some cross-promotional work with Plants vs. Zombies. You know, this is after Plants vs. Zombies had got really big right. and PopCap apparently relished the fact they could then just say no to them. Yeah, I, yeah, it is a bit petty. The P, the, the decision makers will have been different on each of those scenarios, won't it? So, yeah, because yeah, the, the, initial care, thing, you know, the initial thing went on to George Romero, will it? Let's be honest. it's No, I, I, would, I would be very surprised if it had got to him. Um, yeah. But then, uh, you know, I don't also I also don't blame him really for if he was a bit sniffy or a bit unsure, because some, this is some little cowboy developers that wanted to appropriate yeah. his name. And yeah, yeah, I don't how how into gaming is John? Is our old is our, our mate John? Does he love the games? Who's our mate John? Romero. Do you mean George? Yeah. That's John what, Romero. That's what confused me. I have no idea who John Romero is, so I couldn't possibly comment. John Romero is a person. John Romero worked on Wolfenstein. Okay. The game. So, different person then. It's a different person. <laughs> it's on, a different person, however related. <laughs> on that amazing faux pas, then, shall we uh, shuffle to the lawn and start planting some plants? Yeah, I am. I'm not sure I'm looking forward to this, you know. Why? There you go. So just to turn everything on its head, I like the game. Yeah. I'm just not sure. I'm, I haven't played it for 10 years. I don't know what it's going to be like. Do you think it's going to be as good? Yes, completely. I have, I have very high hopes. Okay. All right. Let's have a go then. Brains. are well and truly defended against the zombie hordes. You hated that, didn't you? Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm not sorry. Je ne regret rien. I hate all of the cheese. I don't like the cheese. I like cheese. Don't but anybody write in cheese. moaning that I don't like cheese. Not one of them. You actually, strangely, interestingly, you don't like cheese, do you, Chris? I hate cheese. That's never come up. Chris is a cheese hater. Why would it come up in a gaming podcast? I don't know. I've no idea, but it just has. I don't like I don't like the podcast cheese. Right. But I do enjoy cheese. It's nice. Maybe that's why I lay it on too thick in terms Because of you're anti cheese in real life. Yeah. But you were gonna Possibly. say you can't eat cheese, but it's a choice. No, I just don't like you it. Actually it's not made, yeah, it. exactly. You've made the choice I've not, not made to the like choice. cheese. What what food do you dislike? I will put <laughs> no, I nearly said I'll put anything in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, um, I'll give everything a go once. I can't think of anything that I dislike. Would you put a... I wouldn't put a shit in my mouth. Would you put a walnut that looks like a coconut in your mouth? Oh, I'm glad that you've asked this because it doesn't look like a coconut, does it, Chris? No, it, just, it looks like a walnut. It looks exactly like a walnut. Yeah, exactly. Hence, hence I suppose, the name walnut because uh, uh, yeah. it, it looks looks like a walnut. So yes. um, there you go. Yeah, you're sorry, an idiot. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. What did you think then? So having played at the end of the first half, I was so I sort of intimated that maybe the game wouldn't be as good as we were expecting it to be, as we remember it being. Is that what you feel or not? Do you still love it? 
it wasn't as good as I remember it being because I think Plants vs. Zombies 2 has superseded it in a lot of ways. I guess this kind of goes back to what we've talked about a few weeks ago with Theme Hospital and Two Point Hospital. Mm. Plants vs. Zombies 2, which has got a lot of negatives, which we will talk about during this second half. There are things missing in this first one that I think were added into Plants vs. Zombies 2, which do make it better. So right, one okay, example what, like- I talked about was in Plants vs. Zombies 2, there's a button you can press to speed the gameplay up. Mm. And those there are there was and there was one point during playing this game where I instinctively went uh, moved the cursor up to the top to right try. corner, which mm. is where the button is, and it's not there. And then realised. So mm. you said about how in a few of the levels that you played, it was too sedate. Maybe having that fast forward button would have oh, made I didn't it say less it was too so. sedate. I just suggested that it was sedate. It was sedate and okay. more sedate than I remember it being. So for full disclosure and all that, I started a new game on this so that I was starting from the beginning. And interestingly, I think I said that I wasn't sure if I'd got to the end of this game. But when I had a look at the file that I already had, I was actually on the roof. So I don't know why I'd forgotten about that because uh, I clearly had got there. One of the things that I said to you was that it was a sedate affair. The mm. the, the early game, at least. First 10 levels or so. And probably beyond that. And I, I was actually woman and iron as to whether that was a good or, or a bad thing. I'm not sure it is a negative because some games are just nice to play. And I think that's what this is. And do you honest. mean the first few levels is in like the first world was was oh, sedate. absolutely absolutely the first world at the very least but going forward i didn't get much so arguably the tutorial levels then are they the, should you have 10 10 plus a, tutorial it levels is a lot isn't it yeah you've got by the time i mean i you, you've grasped you've grasped the game within the first three levels at the most like it really doesn't take that much and one of the problems that i was having with this playing this game now is that every single level is the same setup each time so you have to start by planting a couple of sunflowers and then you have to start you have to sort of bide your time for your first zombie to pop up so you know where to put your first pea flower Mm -hmm. a pea shooter sorry so you're going through the same thing each time yeah which is fine well it's not fine any other game i think we would hammer for that or or people would hammer maybe we wouldn't but people would certainly hammer hammer it for that so why However, is it different with this then i guess it's the core gameplay in this is that each time you have to start afresh you're planting the sunflowers to get the plants to defeat the zombies like you can't build on that you can't get around the fact that there is a slight problem with that gameplay loop when you are doing it every two or three minutes yeah because each level each level is a couple of minutes five minutes at most maybe and there is a certain element of repetition that starts to creep in however and you've you did ask why aren't we hammering this game for that there's some kind of pop cap magic some kind of weirdness Mm. where you just get relaxed and you get into a certain sort of mellow zone and you go with the flow and it it feels quite nice and that's why i don't think sedate is necessarily a negative because pop cap games are they they straddle that boundary between what people would call hardcore and what people would call casual however good or bad those levels are we'll ignore for now but it's not always the first few levels are easy i remember it gets a lot harder yeah but it also never quite gets so far as to as to be like i hate playing this and i'm i feel like i'm bashing my head against a wall and i Mm. I need to stop it's never quite that it felt a lot more casual than i remember it being the yeah atmosphere i guess the style of it as well at the same time, though, so people now might misunderstand what casual was then, because this game and its sequel, Plants vs. Zombies, they straddled that moment where microtransactions and paying extra to unlock things took off. So Plants vs. Zombies 1 does not have any of that. No. So the history of Plants vs. Zombies 2 was, this came out in May 2009, PopCat was bought by EA in 2011, Mm. And Plants vs. Zombies 2 came out in 2013. I think it was the summer of that year. In fact, it was and the it summer. And it was microtransaction I, I, I heavy. I remember playing it on the way to Paris for my summer holiday that year. On the Ooh, underground. On the, the Channel Tunnel. And yeah, it came out in summer 2013 and is a freemium game. So it's uh, free to download. Oh, you... actually, I forgot about that. I forgot that it was freemium. Yeah. Mm. So it's completely free to download. You can complete the game without 
making any purchases in game whatsoever mm. and i haven't bought anything in game at all but there are obstacles to your gameplay that are circumvented by microtransactions by buying things mm. so i mean hands on heart i really like plants for zombies too they have mm. daily levels and i play the day level every single day and i have done since this came out seven and a bit years ago. Do you ago. really? Wow. Yes. Okay. I, I, every morning I sit down my breakfast and play the daily level. That's <laughs> a little morning routine and then check the news and all that. Lovely. Uh, I mean, not yet every day. I'm sure there's been a couple of Christmas days I've not played it, but you know, you, you get the gist. It has now been out for so long that there are a significant number of plants and things that they've put into the game with this freemium wrapping. Mm. So I think there's between 15 and 20 plants now that are only available to get by buying them in the in-game store, and each of those costs five pounds. Five pounds, yeah, is ridiculous. Yes, it is disgusting. In fact, I think at the same time, though, if it's if you're not if you don't have an upfront price, you could maybe justify paying some money for some of those unlocks if you're enjoying it in the way that you've said that you do and that you've played it every day for seven years almost over seven. Yeah, there's a justification there for maybe paying for some of those things at the same time not 20 at five pounds that's a hundred yeah. pounds for for the game yeah. which seems uh, absurd i once read a really interesting article about the psychology behind microtransactions and how they work so i mean five pounds is maybe a bad example of this but in games often you might have something that costs two pounds i mean was it peggle that was the one where no it's candy crush is the one where you have to you complete a level and you have to if wait you fa- if you fail a, yeah if you if you fail a level you have to wait or you can pay to retry it yeah something so that's like that. a, a whole other ball game yeah and that's not something that popcap's done no not at all so let's say a, a microtransaction costs two pounds because mm. you've got the game for free because it's at such a low price point and because they've in inverted commas, giving you the game for free. The psychology and the logic behind it is that you feel compelled to. Oh yeah, it's first. It's not very much, and secondly, mm. well, they've not they've given me the game for free, so you know, I'll, I'm, they are a business after all. I'll I'll pay for it, and because lots of people do that, that two pounds they're getting for that microtransaction. If they'd sold the game at two pounds, I imagine the vast majority of those people would never have bought the game because you know Quite two possibly. pounds is a lot. So yeah, two pounds I, is a lot. If you're trying to get a game through the app store or ios or play store or yeah. whatever like if you saw a game that cost two pounds would you buy it it really does depend on the game it, yeah, it would completely i don't play games very much on my phone anyway but i think that if you if there is a particular game so i think you're a fan of monument valley yes so if monument valley was a couple of quid and the only way to play it was to pay a couple of quid then i think i would do that in fact i might well have oh no i got that through a Amazon thing for free. So I've played both of them and I've played both of them for free. Like Monument Valley yes. 2 came out and I just waited and eventually it was free so I got it at that point. Is there any game that you've played that was free initially that you've actually spent money on? I've never for my for the iPad we've got I've never actually bought a game for it at all. They're yeah. all free. No, they're nothing all... nothing anyway. You've never you never got had a game for free and thought well I like this and I've got a lot of enjoyment out of it so I'd like to give I'd actually like to pay something towards it. Nah, Sodom. They shouldn't give it away for free, should they? Mm, that's an interesting uh, outlook. <laughs> what, Sodom? Yeah. I, I have. Um, I quite enjoyed, for a period of time, the card game Gwent, which is a game that comes out of The Witcher 3, which you may have heard of. Mm. Yeah. You haven't played The Witcher 3, have no, you? No, I haven't, no. no. It's one of these so, games where I have steered clear because I think if I played it, I would completely just fall into it it's like golf isn't it you can't just be a little bit into golf you've got to you know, really go the whole hog and I think oh no i am i think i'm one of those strange creatures that actually isn't singing from the rooftops about which three i've played it i've enjoyed it i haven't yet finished it uh, it is vast and it is good but it's to me it's not quite what i was expecting given right. how much hype surrounded it however uh, there's a game called Gwent in it. It's a little card game that you can play with some of the NPCs. And then they took that game and they fleshed it out and they uh, released it for free at first. And you could buy little card packs. But And because I was enjoying it so much, you can play it online against other people and you can play it on your own against the computer. Because I'd en- enjoyed it quite a lot for a fair amount of time, I decided that I would buy a few card packs in How order to... I, can't, I honestly can't remember, but it was... I think I probably paid six or seven pounds total for these card packs and it was my way of sort of 
paying for the game. And I, I was quite happy to do that because I had enjoyed the game enough. Do you know? Yeah, yeah and I, 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 I think, get what you mean. I, I, just I actually think if you implement microtransactions in that way, if, it, if you have a freemium game and you enjoy that freemium game, then there is absolutely nothing wrong as a, as a player and a consumer. There's absolutely nothing wrong in paying towards that developer's efforts is my view well i say charity begins at home and they shouldn't get away for free well you sound uh, a lot like ebenezer scrooge (laughs) exactly i honestly think that you know like there's humble bundle and things like that you can you can get things for so cheap yeah these days but you've got to think about actually if you like something and you want to keep being able to have those things you need to you need to give people what Someone's they've earned because they've put they put money they put effort into those things and if you don't give them if you don't pay for them then they don't they don't happen again. See what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> su- I feel chastised. I'm not I'm not trying I'm not trying to chastise you. I I'm sure you know that, but you're railing against the system. Basically, what I'm saying is I thought one way about popcat uh, about plants vs zombies 2 i thought it was one way and actually maybe it's not that way if you can finish the game reasonably without having to pay anything oh yeah all the so it's you know we talked in the first half about the different plants have different abilities the ones that are behind this this paywall are just ones that you know like they would make it significantly easier but i've completed it without buying anything at all it's they're just novelty it's you know it's perfectly and in that case in terms of the way that i feel about freemium stuff i think that's a perfectly legitimate and reasonable way to implement it and again with how long plants for zombies 2 has been out they went through a significant period of releasing a new again for free uh, releasing a new set of levels every four to five months so and each of those came with a new set of plants as well so i imagine in the plant area of the game you're probably looking about i've probably got about 50 60 plants unlocked Mm. And then to then buy another twenty on top of that, it just seems a bit ex- extravagant. And, and some of oh, these yeah, plants yeah. now no. they're starting to get to points where they're just they're bringing together properties of two separate plants. So implants versus implants versus something's one. Just bring about what we're supposed to be talking about. Mm. You've got the cherry bomb, which is the bomb that you place and just blows it straight away. Mm. And you've got the the walnuts. So, so the thing that zombies chomp away at and eventually they get through. So there's now one called the oh, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it's basically it's a, a walnut that is crossed with a cherry bomb. So when the zombies bite at it, bite at it, bite at it, as soon as they get through it, then it explodes at that point. Right. Okay. So you know, yes, it's, it's nice, like but actually, so they, what you're saying is it's unnecessary. You don't need it, but they they give you the option of having it. It makes the game easier. That's fine. Yeah, uh, it all sounds it all sounds as far as my personal view on freemium games goes. It all sounds actually quite above board, quite reasonable, and I am glad that I know that now. I think that's fine. Interestingly, though, uh, Plants vs Zombies doesn't have doesn't have microtransactions. Not it at all. does have this um, drip feeding of new zombie enemies and new uh, plants to combat those zombie enemies throughout the game for a significant portion of the game to the point where close to the end of the game and you're still unlocking plants, you're still unlocking new zombies to kill. I'm sure, so I've got in mind, uh, on Steam it said that I've played the game for 78 hours, but Yeah, that seems excessive. Yeah, I think that's because I used to leave the game running in the background while I was doing other things, so that's right. not necessarily a true representation of how much gameplay I, okay. I actually invested into it. But there are plants that you unlock towards the end of the game by doing certain challenges, I think. So some of them are not microtransactions, but they, they funnel you towards doing certain things. Like, I'm sure there was a zombie that you only unlock by playing through the game twice, uh, something like that. Right, okay. Yeah, but again, that's old-style game design. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's like having an art book that you put together by achieving certain things or getting to mm. a certain level on the game. Like having having different little perks that you unlock by playing the game as opposed to paying for them. And I maybe it's just me sort of being a bit old-school and traditionalist, but I, I prefer games that do that, personally. I prefer mm. when the rewards are linked to playing the game as opposed to viable or whatever, you know? Yeah, or a, a, a achievement. It's something linked to the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's lean back to the game itself then. So what what was good about it? When we booted up, it, we did actually genuinely have a little worry, didn't we, when both of us were on the main menu and it, it kind of looked a little bit fuzzy around the edges, Yeah, which isn't necessarily the game's fault in so much as technology is in, has progressed since then and we were playing it on small screens and all of that probably looked quite fine 
on a little on a little phone or tablet or whatever. But then all of that went away when we actually got into the game because the game itself is perfectly playable <laughs> and looks just fine. It doesn't look bad at all. And, yeah. and those fuzzy elements, they don't seem to have crept their way into into the game itself. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing it. It was just mm. as good as I remember it being. Uh, I mean, I, I did say it about some of those minor things that Plants vs. Zombies 2 adds to make it better, which, yes, I did miss, but the game itself is, is mm. still really good. I was blown away by the number of mini games and puzzles and things I've got in mind. There are about 25 different mini games, like, and then there's the the eye zombie which I went into and I really enjoyed mm. playing that. And then I which is like an double. endless version of the game. No, that's the that's the zombies. You so play as the zombies. So yeah. zombies where you play as zombies, which I, I really liked. And then the survival mode is the like you say the endless one. And I got through four waves of that and it got too hard. I gave mm. up. Um, mm. So I like the fact that this is a game a that I know really well. As well, there's still challenges within it. Yeah. The thing that I think as well about this is that we are, both of us, very familiar with this game. Yeah. And the familiarity with it will affect the way we play. So I've said about the setup for each level being the same. You plant your sunflowers, you wait, you bide your time, see where your first zombie's coming from. Then you pop your first peas down and then you build up from there. Don't rush into anything and all that. I only know that because I played it so much. Yeah. So uh, you and so, I now know, right, wait for the first zombie to appear. That's the mm. lane that I'm going to place my first pea shooter in because mm. if I don't, then that's completely illogical. So yeah, we know it to that extent. Yeah. But even though it's that extent, I still found the survival mode really hard. Yeah, yeah. So And that's the thing. So because we only have a limited amount of time to sort of have a little go of these games in between recording our halves, we only get so far in. And I was saying, well, it's too, it is too easy. It feels too easy. It's too easy. But what I also know is that when you get late into the later stages, it does get hard. And there were moments that I failed. They weren't that often, but there were those moments. And there were certainly moments where I came close as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there is an element of challenge to it. It's just that it doesn't get there maybe as quickly as people would expect. I I do also wonder whether that's just because things, the challenges now, in the decade between this coming out and, and now, maybe the challenges have ramped up. What, in terms of the gameplay? In terms of... How, what people expect from a game, they don't expect it necessarily to be quite as easygoing at the beginning as Plants vs. Zombies is. Have you played any other tower defense games in the period between playing this and now? No. So the, that's an interesting question because the genre kind of fell off a cliff, I feel. But that might just be because I ceased to be interested in it. I actually played some off the back of this. I can't remember what they were called. So going back to what we said a few minutes ago about free games and what have you i've mentioned apps gone free a few times before in episodes so that's a, a an app i downloaded it's on the ipad mm. i check every day i went through a, a period of any time there was a tower defense game that was free i'll give that a go and i ended up with quite a few and some of them were, were really good but none of them were ever as good as plants vs zombies i really do think it's the the best of the bunch by quite some margin that's something that has been going through my head in this second half i actually think this is one of the best implementations of tower defense that i've played one of the things that i dislike about tower defense is the stress that it puts you under (laughs) right genuinely sometimes it just feels like too much and in game terms i don't mean that you know i'm going on because i've played a tower defense game no exactly but sometimes i think this is a problem that games have anyway sometimes they lean too heavily on the stress factor and stressing the player out Mm -hmm. and I think there is a healthy amount of stress and uh, and a certain type of stress that can be a trip uh, that can be used as a tool in the arsenal of a developer to affect the player. But sometimes games go too far, and yeah. tower defense games, for me at least, tower defense games tend to push me a little bit too far towards that heightened stress level and and maintain it for too long or something like that, and it makes me uncomfortable and it makes me stop playing, it makes me not want right. to play it anymore. Plants vs Zombies doesn't do that, even when it's even when it's hard and it does get hard. It doesn't make me go not going to play that anymore so so what's yeah, different that's in about its, this game compared to other ones then honestly don't know i i don't know any ideas the cutesiness there the, the are possibly the is an element possibly possibly an element because i think some of the tower defense games that i've played that i felt that way about they they have this like sci-fi spacey yeah advanced tech guys that you're supposed to take deadly seriously and it takes itself deadly seriously and i think that can be a bit much sometimes and maybe add to it it's saying we're a serious game for serious people yeah absolutely feel this stress and it all just feels a bit so maybe yeah having crazy dave is that is that a good thing crazy dave uh come back to that 
having Crazy Dave <laughs> pop up to sell us things out of the back of his car uh, every so often or talk to us about how to use the plants and things, maybe that lev- that that comedic aspect is is what's needed. What's your beef with Crazy it? Dave then? Well, is it an appropriate oh, representation in you you were you were worried about saying a word last week. I always thought Crazy Dave was just in the, the lineage of like Crazy Cat Lady from The Simpsons, which again, maybe that's not the, uh, you know, The Simpsons is maybe not the best It's the first of, time, uh, it is honestly the first time that I've ever thought Crazy Dave might be a, might be a problem. But there we are. Dave. Let's not dwell on it too much. No, it's there, not. whatever. So the game is available on Steam for £4.25 at the moment. It's only 49 megabytes, which I think is astounding as well. Yes, it is, yeah. There is something that I, I can't remember where I dredged this up from. You mentioned Peggle a couple of minutes ago, and that is 18 megabytes right. for a start. But I can't remember where I got this from, so don't challenge me on it too much. But I'm sure there was a, a thing, a webs, maybe Rock Paper Shotgun, where they talked about using Peggles as a measurement of the size of demos or something like that. Right. Because it's... <laughs> Basically, a peggle, a demo is 15 peggles or whatever. It's 18, 18 right, megabytes okay. times 15. Because presumably, because peggle is such a small game, file size wise, and it delivers so much. So a rock, paper, shotgun starting to measure demos based on like a, a peggle. Oh, this is ages analysis. ago. This, this, is, right. this is a long while ago, as far as I remember. It's Certainly 15 not yesterday peggles. Or 15 peggles worth of size but actually it's only nine peggles worth of enjoyment yeah exactly like it'd be it'd be all right yeah that would be a good way to measure things i think Pe- is that a ratio the peggle enjoyment to size ratio there should like be that. a ratio like that yeah. yeah i think it's a valid thing as well because popcap you've you've mentioned the size of plants vs zombies peggle for anyone that doesn't know is another popcap game 18 megabytes and delivers a whole lot of fun and light-hearted zany fun and that's what their games were and that's what they continued to be for a long time and some games they you know they're 100 and what is it 107 gigabytes and very very does it take themselves very seriously and not nearly as good as peggle which game are you throwing shade at now i'm not not even gonna tell you how mysterious (laughs) i I bet you could guess but don't Unless bleep it out in the post-production so after being taken over by ea plants for zombies 2 came out they've since developed they've gone down this whole third person shooter which i've not played any of you said it has mm. still got tower defense elements within it yeah as far as i remember i haven't played very much of garden warfare for anyone that didn't catch on to what chris was on about so plants vs zombies garden warfare are there really I, yeah. so i've played the first one the reason i played the first one is because i believe ea gave it away for free during uh, okay e3 uh, i can't remember what year and i can't remember why but i'm fairly sure it was one of maybe two or three games that ea actually gave away for free for the playstation See, they're not all bad no yeah there you go um <laughs> and it's it's uh it's a shooter a team shooter and you can plop your plants down to guard your flag or whatever it is that you're guarding it was quite good good it was quite frantic it reminded me a little bit of and take this with a grain of salt if you're listening but it reminded me a little bit of time splitters that sort of super speedy um shooting thing (laughs) did it retain the sense of humor of of time splitters zombies i guess i don't feel qualified to say to be honest fair enough if if that fine if that's okay with you i yeah i didn't play it enough to be able to say that it did or it didn't but it had the style the the visuals were very on point yeah i remember watching videos when it came out and just thought nah not interested i wouldn't have played it if it wasn't free there's been comics of the game since and then in the sonic spinball episode i've mentioned a ride based on plants vs zombies and this year plants vs zombies 3 has soft launch in certain regions, but hasn't oh, really? been released. Yeah, hasn't been released worldwide. I think COVID got in the way of that as well. Oh, right. As well okay. as everything else. Um, I'm not really sure what they've done to Plants vs. Zombies 3 to make it different to Plants vs. Zombies 2, because the information I could find on the internet was quite cagey. I, I think the oh, right. release was very limited. So it's in the pipeline. It will come out at some point. So that might be something to, to keep an eye out for. If, no. if you're bothered. If you're interested. Yeah. Are you bothered? <laughs> Are you interested? Will you be downloading yeah. Punch vs. Zombies 3? I realised while saying that sentence myself that I think I'm not really that bothered, so I don't know why I'm saying that because really I'm sure not? people... <laughs> this is interesting because you've said that you've played this game every day for 
Yeah, it depends what they do to make it better or different to Plants vs. Zombies 2. Yeah. I suspect it might have stripped it back to make it more like this one. I don't know. Right. We will see. It is telling me it's in pre-alpha, so I've just had a little Google. So that'll be why it's very limited. Oh, well, I won't be getting it. One of the things that I realised is that I'm not actually in any rush to play Plants vs. Zombies again. I hasten to add I was enjoying myself. It was nice. I was in this very mellow place playing it, but I have moved on. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I I don't I just don't have any appetite to play it again. Yeah, I'm surprised that you play it every morning. It's kind of like people doing their crossword, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's just a bit yeah. of uh it's it's a habit I've got into and you know. So is there room for that habit to be maybe something that you should break or is it something that you think is fine and healthy and good? I think seven and a half years worth of doing it. it it's probably fine, isn't it? It's definitely fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think it's I fine, do you? Oh, I, I honestly don't know. There are, you know, people people do lots of different things for seven and a half years, don't they? For Warcraft. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I honestly, genuinely don't know. It's fine. I think it's fine. It's part of your routine. People love routine. Do, maybe we should do the seven and a half year itch and just trade it in. There we go then. Plots for zombies. Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, then if you haven't already, come and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. That's all I've meant to. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like, Twitter. share, subscribe. Did you say Twitter? Probably. Yeah. No one's going to do it, so I don't know why <laughs> Why we keep flogging that horse. We've got to say it every to be, podcast ends To be with quite it. honest, I keep thinking about leaving them all because they're just a cesspit of crap. Misery. Apart from us. We're yeah, the, not us. We're, we're really the good on there. So if you are yeah. on those places and it's getting you down, come find us. Great. What, what a way to end it. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you.